The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 215 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? Good. I, we we should announce that we had a kind of a sit down last night, and we decided that you know you're staying on the podcast, which is good. Yeah, I actually hadn't requested a trade, but I no, did. there's no interest, unfortunately. So you kind of had to, like Durant, just kind of you slink your way back into the yeah, building. You were, you were trying to trade me for like one of like the PFT pod or a PMT podcasters, and people were laughing in your face. Like we're not going to trade. Did you ever see that Seinfeld episode where George quits and then has to kind of slink back into the office? The yeah, next week he, yeah but he just shows back up he, he yeah. never right he just, like like, durant just, here. just shows up yeah uh so durant okay so we've talked about the nets like a good bit but now we officially know that kevin durant met with joe Sai, uh, i believe his wife and then oh Steve, joe Sai's wife was there clara Wu Sai, is that not her i didn't know that she was part of it i didn't okay, know she but, was in the mix here but and then nash and sean marks and they met with durant and of course Rich Kleiman, because Durant doesn't go anywhere without his uh, his buddy. And uh, Durant has agreed to move forward with the Nets. So I think there's a couple things to consider here. Mm-hmm. One, will Kevin Durant ever be happy anywhere again? Seems like a pretty logical question to talk about, right? Because I think that we've seen situations like this before where guys have tried to play through like trade requests and stuff. And it, it just seems like it doesn't work, Right. But it also seems like the Nets know that they signed Durant to a four-year, $200 million deal or whatever. And I, I'm just wondering, like, is this going to be a disaster, Zan? That, you know, because, like, Durant is a well, I would guy. consider this a major win for the Nets and for other NBA teams. Sort I agree. of, like, calling the bluff of, like, I agree. I agree you want to sit out, you want to trade, you want our coach fired. It's like, sorry, buddy, you're under contract. Come back. Or don't play and don't get paid. Theoretically, was the threat. I don't know if Clara Wu is, is the one dishing that out or not. Um, but I do think there's a little more to the story than that. And this is my speculative theory. So don't take this with any, you know, truth. Do like it, why it, did Durant go from wanting an out, wanting the coach fired, blah, 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 blah. And a week later being like, all right, fine. It's like, what do you think changed? What did they offer? There wasn't, I don't think anything changed. Like the Nets weren't going to trade him and Durant is not going to. One of the things about Durant, I think that is like, you know, he, he, he fashions himself. Like this is who he is. Like he loves basketball. He's a hooper. He watches all the time. Like, right. And so I don't think Durant has it in him to pull like a Ben Simmons. Right. And just not play. And so I think like Durant has realized that at 34 years old, you know, your leverage is not, you know, if Durant does this as like a 26 year old, like obviously he can pick where he wants to go. Right. Like they'll do it. But as a free agent, as, I mean, you know, you free agent as a, as a trade, you know, if he decides like, I don't want to be here, like somebody will trade for him. Right. But right now 
Like it felt like, you know, you saw that news break where like Memphis was like supposedly in the Durant mix, but like they wouldn't trade Desmond Bain and they wouldn't right. trade Jared Jackson. Like that just seemed like a very last ditch effort of like probably someone in Durant's camp claiming that like, hey, there's still a market out here for him. But there, there really isn't. Well, right? I think it was the Nets camp being like, look, we can't even. Get no, Desmond I don't. I don't Bain. think so. No, no. Why? Because because this this is what I think. One, I don't even know if this Memphis thing was real. Right. I mean, every team discusses tons of players. Like Atlanta but. allegedly offered John Collins and I think DeAndre Hunter. Or something. Right. But like, I think the Nets, there's no scenario in which the Nets trade away Kevin Durant and are better this year. Right. There's probably no scenario that they trade away Kevin Durant and they're better in two or three years either. And so for Durant, I think there's also no scenario where he gets traded to a team that gives him a better chance of winning a title, which is what he ultimately wants to do, than this Brooklyn team, despite what he thinks of like Nash and Sean right. Marks, right? No, that, that's that's the key point, I think, because it's like, that's why I think the Nets are floating it, being like, look, we can't even get great trade offers for you. I, I but if we did, like, these are the teams, you know, like, do you want to go to Memphis? theoretically without Bain and Jackson now like that's a well that's not gonna happen like I said I I just don't I don't know I don't know Zan like I don't think it's the net I don't think the Nets were ever here's what I think the Nets were gonna do like they were gonna call up like I don't know New Orleans and be and be like give us Brandon Ingram Zion Williamson and three firsts and if they do that like okay we'll trade Kevin Durant right like how many realistic trade options do you think were really out there like do we really think the Nets would have said yes if there was Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, like one that first one, round. That sounded pick. realistic. That's what it but but like they asked for a bunch more, right? right. Like it was like Jalen Brown and Derek White, and then the Nets were like, "No, also give us Marcus Smart, and also give us picks, and potentially one other player." Right? To, that's not like a realistic trade. It just doesn't make sense. Like, why would Boston well, this do is, that? This is my conspiracy theory now. This is the second conspiracy theory. No, no, I haven't started yet. Oh, okay, you okay. Cut me off and start filibustering about you know whatever else you. Well, it is a, about. It is um, a day that ends in Y, so we want to stay consistent. Um, Go on. I think they told Durant like I don't think this is a long term compromise. I mean, solution where it's like I think they either told them two things. One, it's like let's play out this year, and then Kyrie's a free agent, and we can kind of reassess after the off season. Or they said let's see how it goes for a few months and then we can maybe discuss in January or whenever, when all these other players who signed extensioners are now eligible to be traded. I'm right, thinking of DeAndre Ayton mostly. You could trade for Ayton and, and yeah. add the trade. Deadline. Although again, we talked about this as weird, like Ben Simmons can't be on the same team as Ayton, whatever. If they could figure that part out, like I think that still makes the most sense. That was like the one hiccup, I think preventing that deal from making sense um or they could be like look if we're not doing well maybe we'll trade Kyrie I don't know but I definitely I feel like it's it's odd that there's going to go you know all work together now I definitely agree with the sense that like in that room like let's work this out for a year is is what was said for sure I don't know about the second part which I think is actually a very smart take by you but like the first part of it I think is like almost 100% certainty right because with Kyrie leaving as a free agent and you're unlikely to like recoup your investment on Kyrie, like from a, you know, just from like a specific economic standpoint, it makes more sense to try and make it work with Kyrie and KD for a year than it does to trade Kyrie well, for like and, Russell and Westbrook you, or whatever. You before you look at the roster, this is a better roster than anyone he would get traded to outside of yeah. Boston. 
Correct. And so I think that like, but like that's at, at the point, hold on, hold on. I, I think at the point, yeah. like if Kyrie leaves, then you can, then you can trade Kevin Durant with three years left on his deal. You can kind of blow it up, get a bunch of stuff and maybe try to build around Ben Simmons. And then you can actually go into like a full rebuild at that point where you can't do it right. It doesn't make sense to do it right now when you're actually, if things go right, you could win the title. And so I, I do think that is part of it for sure. Well, I, I was going to say like this again, a conspiracy theory or whatever, speculative. It's like the only reason, like logically, you'd look at that and say, like, look, this Brooklyn team, I don't want to say they're stacked, but they're deeper than they've been recently. They have every chance of, you know, making it out of the East. Why wouldn't you want to go back there? And so that's when it becomes like personal or emotional where you're, you know, overriding your sense of logic. And I'm like, the only thing I would say that I would justify from Durant's perspective, this like sort of hissy fit kind of through the media is or his lack of faith in Sean Marks specifically is if they, if he felt like they, you know, deceived him in some way or didn't weren't honest with him in some way, or, you know, promised to give Kyrie an extension and then went back on it. I think there has to be some sort of trigger of that. Somebody other than the that. fact is that possible? Yeah. Cause it's like, why else would you get? So I don't remember, I don't remember who wrote it, but somebody did write that like Durant was not happy about them not extending Kyrie or like offering Kyrie an extension. And, 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 and some people have said that they, they fired his like the assistant coach he liked or whatever. But so like that, he thought that was the personal betrayal. But any, it has to be something like that. Any sane human being understands why Kyrie was not offered an extension at this point. And and yeah. and here's like my conspiracy theory is just that like Katie doesn't want to be blamed for the Nets not winning. Like, honestly, like he'd rather just leave and be like, yeah, well, we could have won, but now I'm not there and I'm somewhere else. Like, I'm serious. Like, I think. Yeah. And and we talked about, I don't know if we mentioned the podcast or off. I do think the Warriors winning the title, like sent him in a spiral. For sure. For sure. Now I didn't get any credit for those two titles. Like he built, he built this Nets team, right? They go get Harden. And obviously like, again, I'm not going to blame like COVID-19 and, and the, complications of it on anybody other than you know like there's you're never going to be able to see that right but it didn't work and it it probably it in my opinion is one of like the most spectacular roster building fails we've seen in any sport ever right like i mean at least like the 2004 lakers made the nba finals and lost right that was a really good team with carl malone healthy like (laughs) kyrie james harden and durant played like double digit game like played like unbelievable 15 games together and like that's it and so if you're Durant, I think it's like he's trying to like just get out of dodge before like it becomes his fault because like, you know, he's going to defend it anyway and be like, oh, you know, I, I it's how is it my fault? Like I balled out when I played whatever. But like he made the Nets take this huge bet on him, this huge bet on Kyrie. And like now he just doesn't want to be there anymore. And that's I honestly think that's the case. Like I, I, I refuse to believe that any decision was made without Kevin Durant in mind. And so for now, for him to be like, other than the the, the Kyrie Irving extension, which again, like if you're Josiah, you, you can't give Kyrie Irving $200 million. Like at some point, it's a business decision, right? Like Durant's great, but like, how are you going to give Kyrie Irving, a guy who like maybe doesn't want to play basketball, a bunch of money? You just can't do that. But so I just don't understand like where else could Kevin Durant feel slighted, Zan? Like it just- yeah, I think it has he, to be something like that or- you know, maybe the coaching thing that there are little, you know, personal grudges that people take. Um, they've done out everything, out of the molehill, as they say. They fired Kenny Atkinson because of him. Like, hmm. I, I just, I just don't understand. Not, not just because of him, obviously, but like, I don't understand 
this whole I, I like I am so glad that the Nets did not cave. I am so glad that Steve Nash didn't get fired, even though, like you said, maybe he's deserving of getting fired. I'm yeah. certainly glad Sean Marks didn't get fired because that guy's done everything he can with like the hand that he currently holds. But like I'm I just can't understand where Durant's coming from, where he's like, oh, I don't agree with the long term direction. Like, buddy. You are determining the long-term direction right. of the team. It's that's just- why I do think it's more of a wait and see compromise. And talking about Steve Nash, it feels a little bit like he's David Blatt for the Cavs, where it's yeah, like, he's going to get fired. You're on thin ice. Yeah. Um, so it may happen midseason. So but, let's talk about the Nets for a second from a roster yeah. perspective, right? So I can I give you been- one quirk of the roster that I didn't realize until I pulled up Basketball Reference? They do have to sign a bunch of players. Still, they still have a bunch of open roster spots. But yes, go on. Do you know they have? Three guys from who were born in Australia. Can you name them? Yeah, Patty, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Yeah, Kyrie was the trick question. And one guy born in Japan. Who was that? Uh, that is my guy, uh, Cameron Thomas. His mom. How do you know that? Is in the, is in the military. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah, Japanese player on the net. Um, <laughs> Where was Seth Curry born? Seth Curry was Char- born. Probably- Probably Charlotte. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't say. It's, yeah, it says he was born in Charlotte. How disappointing! I knew that one too, though. Where was Where was Kevin Durant born? Suitland, Maryland. God, you. This is crazy. I don't. Uh, I, I, I honestly got in DC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I don't have basketball reference open right now. But anyway, so let's talk about the roster for a second. So supposedly Ben Simmons is like playing three on three. Right. And as you've said before, like you'll believe Ben Simmons is going to play in games. Like when we see Ben Simmons playing, no, I think he'll play. I think he'll play. And he's like a huge X factor, obviously. Right. If, I mean, if he's so, so here's where I think their roster is. Obviously they, they have a bunch of shooters. Yeah. I can't tell you who they are just so we can run through it. Yeah. Go ahead. In case people have lost track. Who's on a guaranteed contract right now. Right. So you basically have a, a bunch of little shooters, the Kyrie, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, um, Joe Harris, like a bigger shooter, Cam Thomas, a sh- you know, scorer. And then for people forget, like they acted like they were going ahead as a win now team. They added Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren for like wing depth. Right. Lost Bruce Brown, who went lost to Bruce Brown, yeah. Denver. And then uh, have KD and then Ben Simmons is the big X factor. And then I think an important right now, their biggest question mark maybe is like down low, you have Nick Claxton, who we like, but he hasn't proven himself yet. And then Dayron Sharp, you liked, you used to, I don't know. He's, He's the okay. second year guy now. Kessler Edwards. Um, also, so that's questionable. And they're talking about maybe adding a veteran center. Yeah, so they don't have LaMarcus Aldridge, right? No longer Blake Griffin. I'm assuming Blake Griffin is retired. I don't, I don't know that like we actually got an announcement that he retired, but uh Javon Carter is in Milwaukee now, right? I don't even know if he was on their team for any of last year. He was for a little bit. Yeah. I didn't really play him. So uh, they have Alondis Williams as a two-way guy, right, out of Wake Forest. So he's a he's kind of yeah. a bigger point guard, older guy. And then they still had David Duke, I think, out of Providence, who maybe well, is. Basketball reference at Edmund Summer, who's like, you know, interesting, I guess. But like, they don't play. Yeah. Basically, they do need to get another. So, so I would imagine that they will play Simmons as a small ball five. As much as they can, that might be not much at all. Who knows? They're yeah, going to play. I mean, Nick if Claxton. you talk about Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, those are two like six eleven like wings. So you're right. ahead of the curve there. And obviously, like they're not going to be amazing defensively, right? Like you are talking about playing like Kyrie, Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, like four of those four guys on the court. And and Durant is not where he used to be defensively. Royce O'Neal is a is a very is a good wing stopper, and then Simmons is excellent, one of the best defenders in the league when he cares, but. 
you know, on the perimeter, they're probably not going to be very good defensively. Just the bottom line. Like Cam Thomas, you watch that guy play defense before Zan. It's it's not pretty. Like, I, I don't mind them as like a small ball team. If you talk about, they're going to score. Like, well, even the guys you said, like I think Simmons and Durant, and even Royce O'Neal playing is like a butt bigger than his size. Like that's going to work against most teams. It's just the problem is going to be. I don't know. You're in the playoffs and you're playing against Giannis. Or you're playing against Embiid. Yeah, you don't have somebody to you. you just, yeah, like their biggest weakness is like Milwaukee's biggest strength. Yeah, this this team would be very bad. In the, this this is a this team would be like it'd be a fun series, but it'd be a real tough matchup for them against like Philly because like yeah. you have to play Embiid off the floor, which they could do, but at the same time, like you do need somebody like lean on him, and like that ain't going to be Nick Claxton. So there are a couple options available, right? My gut feeling is that the Nets are going to like sign DeMarcus Cousins, which, you know, I, I like DeMarcus Cousins, so I'm not going to like hold that against them. But in terms of like actual bigs that are out there right now that we know of, it's Enos Freedom. Don't don't really see that happening. Hassan Whiteside, that, that could definitely happen. Moses Brown, that could happen, but he's probably a little young for them to really feel yeah. comfortable playing him. But like you have Dayron Sharp, Moses Brown is probably better than Dayron Sharp. But and what else? Cousins, Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, yeah, and then they're, they're talking about Tristan Thompson, Dwight so. Howard, Ed Davis. Like those are kind of your centers. I, I, I don't see even, Dwight Howard, Montrezl um, Harrell. We talked about as maybe just a regular season minutes filler score yeah. but like in the playoffs he he wouldn't play the elites are right went back overseas so like yeah. you're not going to do that be pretty good you know who they really need i don't even think they need like a hassan whiteside center center wayne ellington no i think they need like a guy they signed uh last year who didn't work out got cut after playing so badly before the playoffs james johnson who's not playable but i'm saying like a guy like that like prime james johnson who could play Sort of bigger than his size and guard Giannis theoretically. Do you, I don't, that do guy doesn't you, exist. Do you in know? Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you a question here about Prime James Johnson. Uh, do you know? Um, you know, he, he could do it. These guys are all so old, though, yeah. Zan. Like, let me ask you a question real quick about Prime James Johnson because I, yeah. I think this is an important, um, important thing. Do you know what Prime James Johnson got paid? I do in this, I don't know the exact figures, but Prime James Johnson, the guy I always liked as a tools guy and he shot decently well one time from Miami Miami yeah. and I think they gave him like 12 million a year or something right? yeah 50, like three three years 43 million and then he they added him on they brought him back on the mid-level like one year 10 million the next year so basically yeah. four years 54 million or 52 million that'll get you James Johnson prime they, James Johnson <laughs> I mean you gotta be wary any team out there if if you're a veteran a guy who has like one hot year from shooting three don't take that you know, as the gospel, like we just saw with Julius Randall, even like where it's like, yeah, I or RJ Barrett two years ago, he shot 40% from three and everyone thought he was, a I don't really shooter. know. I don't really know what the best course of action for Brooklyn is, right? They don't need any more perimeter players. Um, you're yeah. going to play Durant and they might need, they might need a, a little bit of help on the wing. I, I'm not sure actually, like if I feel super comfortable with like, well, TJ Warren, are you counting on him? Yeah, I don't know, actually. Like that, and that's another one. Like, if TJ Warren can really score it again, like that's a great guy to have off your bench, but he does one thing really well, and that's score the basketball on a team that has several players that also do that one thing really well who make more money than him. But I think TJ Warren makes sense. Um, so like we're we're saying that their guards, it's it's what? It's Kyrie, Seth Curry, Patty Mills. Um, Joe Harris playing Joe, play Joe, a lot of small forward. Joe players. Harris, I would I would put in that mix, and then like 
and Cam Thomas probably will get a chance as well. And then their wings are like Royce O'Neal, Durant, TJ Warren, Kessler Edwards. They do like, he's sort of, they're trying to like kind of make him James Johnson. Right. And then, uh, so they probably could use another wing. And then I just think that they're probably going to sign a depth center. And like, I, I yeah, guess but the scary thing is I think they need like two. Yeah. I mean, like, I, that's what I was going to say. I wonder if there's somebody like, uh, like Robin Lopez is a guy that like would have made sense for them. He's obviously not on the nets, but like, I wonder if there's a guy like that, that they could tr- make a trade for where a team's like, ah, eh, you know what? Like a, a worse team is like, we don't really need this guy in the future. We could get like a second round pick or something. And you could you could try to sign that type. Yeah, of it's scary. If I'm a Nets fan or I'm a Sean Marks, I'm like the band aid is not going to work because I think there's like a fundamental pro- imbalance with this roster because like Nick Claxton is playable and he's likable and he's a rising player, but we mentioned it before he only played 20 minutes a game last year. Yeah, and, and you can't you can't really play him in the playoffs in late yeah. games. And if you're really worried about Simmons, which I think we both are concerned, like how Simmons will look late in games in the playoffs, like that's two guys that could potentially be small ball fives for you that are shooting like 35% from the foul line late in games. And that's, that. it's hard to win like that. Yeah. So I don't know what their trade chips are, but if I'm them, I'm like looking for bigger swings where it's like, I've mentioned Miles Turner before. It'd be hard to get him now, but like, yeah, you, I don't know how put, they do it. I think you need like a quasi starting big man. Like, I, me, I mean, would you trade would the Spurs, get rid of Jakob Pertl? I think. No, probably not for what they want to pay. Let me ask you a question. Would you trade a, uh, would you trade Ben Simmons for, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? No. I don't I think, think I, don't think I, I think would Ben either. Simmons is like their upside yeah. guy. So, so what are the Nets right now? Like, now that we know Durant's back, yeah. we kind of purposely avoided them in terms of, like, title futures, right? Because on talent alone, like, this roster is definitely a title contender. I, I think it depends, like, how much do you like their collection of players? But, like, are the Nets now in that upper 10% that we spoke about last week where... Right. Oh, do they have a ten percent chance? Do they? Have Vegas a 10% like chance? rocketed up their odds. What is it? Like plus seven hundred. Plus. 800? I think we mentioned. By the way, I, I I touted it. I don't know if we did how much on the podcast. Like Brooklyn was like thirty to one a few weeks ago, and it's just like there's yeah, a we, pretty good chance Durant's coming back. So yeah, we talked about that. That we didn't think yeah. Durant would likely get moved before the season. So they're up to seven to one to win the title. They're considered the fourth biggest favorite ahead of funny. Milwaukee. I really Philly. like Milwaukee and Philly better than them still as yeah. as played. Like I think all those teams have concerns, right? I'd, I'd rather have Giannis than any one specific guy on those three teams. But I just think Philly's roster is better constructed right now. And I think the Nets issue is not one that's like easily solved if they can't make a deal for like a little bit of a better post player. Cause you can't, you can't have Durant play tons of minutes at the five. Like he can't take that kind of pounding anymore. And Simmons is more valuable as like a wing stopper than he is as a small ball five, right? Like that's the guy you want to have guarding Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum and LeBron. Like that's, that's why Ben Simmons is as good as he is defensively because he can guard those guys and not many other people can. In yeah, fact, I'd argue that almost nobody can. And, and you make a good point too, where it's like you can't rely on Durant playing a lot of minutes at center. You could amend that. You can't rely on Durant playing a lot of minutes. Like, well, they are going to do that though. Like, you know, they're Durant, playing a lot of minutes, but games wise, he's not reliable to get 
60 games. Kyrie, obviously. That, that's why ben it's Simmons. helpful to have a lotto ticket like TJ Warren, right? Because yeah, then you can, sure. you, you can sit Durant some and, you know, maybe TJ Warren's a 20 point per game scorer. And we don't know this, by the way. He hasn't played in what, a year and a half, two years. So, right. Like I view him as like Miami plays like Oladipo. It's like once in a while, I'll go out there, score. Yeah. And he might, he might be good. It, it, I think the overwhelming chances are that he's not good. And that's why I'm not so bullish on their wing depth. Right. And it would be great if you could like guard power forwards, but I don't think you can guard anybody that. really. And um, do you think like would you just take a chance on Tristan Thompson or mm, I like, see? I think Hassan you got to go white side. Hassan Whiteside, I don't mind. I think he's underrated. I would look at veterans who are on rosters on bad I, teams. Like, do you think can Derek a, Favors play? Yeah, Derek Favors makes some sense. Do you think it's a tough? I, I do think I worry a lot about. I'm not a big intangibles guy, as you know, like I'd much rather just have the better players. But this Nets locker room, I mean, we talked about it from the start like two years ago that this Nets locker room had potential to be like an absolute disaster. There's a chance like you need that whoever you bring in needs to be like able to just like tune things out. Right. Because this is going to be a dysfunctional locker room, I would say. I, I don't think there's yeah, they any could definitely use like. It's tough to bring Hassan Whiteside into his environment. Yeah, like that's that, a great from what point. We know. Like, Same with Demarcus Cousins. Probably. Well, if you talk about like Cleveland was on the rocks, bad locker room, David Blatt was a problem. And they credit, you know, Channing Fry and um, who was it, Richard Jefferson, of, Richard like, helping Jefferson. the locker room. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. don't have those guys on paper. They don't have those guys right now. Um, Like, they, you know, maybe they need somebody like that on the deep bench, sign Jared Dudley or something. Uh, But in terms of playable guys, it's like they're missing it. And so I, I tend to agree with you that like if I'm looking at the East, I think there's three teams that are clearly ahead of them still in Milwaukee, Philly, Boston. And then I would put them fourth ahead of Miami and Toronto, but not even a strong opinion about that. I, I think they might be a sixth seed or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, it's it's really interesting. Like they clearly have the highest upside. Like I think Everybody talks about like the Lakers upside, but like I clearly think Brooklyn has higher upside. Like I think Brooklyn is, if you get the best out of everybody and and everything breaks right, like I, I think they're almost clearly a title favorite. You have to bake in some uncertainty, right? Because we have no idea how Durant and yeah, Nash are going to match. And there's a, there's a pretty big downside to this team if like right. if things go bad, like it could get yeah. Real bad. I mean, like you know, like like goes last year. It's like you have got teams like Atlanta and. Even Chicago are going to be decent. Like the bar is going to be pretty high to make the playoffs. So you have to win 45 games at least to avoid the play in. And I don't think that's guaranteed, but I do think their playoff upside is really big, obviously. Um, yeah, there are like almost out. no bigs anymore, right? So maybe we're not like maybe we're making a mountain out of a molehill. No, here. I, I don't know. Cause it's like you don't even need big bigs. You need like Golden State bigs where it's like Otto Porter can guard some force. Golden State always ahead of the curve. Let's bring Listen. in Michael Green for Chip. Yeah, like, but if that that's the case, but if that's the case, Zan, then they should be fine, right? Because honestly, like Ben Simmons, this is no disrespect to Draymond Green, but like Ben Simmons is kind of defensively can do the same things Draymond Green can at this point in his career. And so, but I they also so. play, but they play Kevon Looney in spots too. And like yeah. his ability to rebound and his ability to like get to spots is, is important for Golden State. And Nick Claxton is not that type of guy. He's not the same player, right? So they need they do need somebody who's a bit more rugged, in my opinion. I, I agree. Dayron Sharp could be that guy, but I, I don't think so. Like I maybe I, like the maybe the solution for now is just like let's wait and see. I don't mind signing Dwight Howard even. I think he's okay whenever I watch him. Um, I honestly Yeah, I honestly like don't even know. Like I I don't even know who's out there that like really makes sense. 
like to trade for. Like I, I wouldn't even want like Nerlens Noel, even though I think he's really good. I like like I'd want them to trade. Like I think they think Dayron Sharp is going to be. He, you know, he's a really good rebounder. You want he's like a Dale Davis or something? Yeah, like what, what's Isaiah Stewart up to? Like, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, that's why I would always look at those teams that are like on the bottom that have like Derek Favors. Technically, I think is on Oklahoma City still. But is he dude, still on Oklahoma City? Yeah, I mean, like he's making ten million a year still. So it's like oh, so they're fine getting rid of him. Yeah, they would want to get rid of him, right? Yeah, so I think he makes sense as a guy on. How many tanking teams are there really these days? Not really anymore. Like yeah. Orlando, I guess they're probably coming. At, Houston doesn't have any bigs that they would trade. Yeah, I, there's not. There's I not mean, a ton. They probably did with Christian Wood, but he's gone. He's gone. They traded him. Yeah. They, so let's say Wendell Carter in, in Orlando, they probably wouldn't. Didn't they nah, extend I think they him? They like him. Yeah, they like yeah, him. And he's under a cheap contract. This is great radio as we just like troll through teams obviously portland's trying to win so they're not really making a lot of deals but i, I mean again there are some guys well that's why i thought yet, of purdle because i'm like if, if the spurs are really blowing it up purdle if you put Jakob purdle on the nets he, i think i would pick them to win the title but here's the problem like we're these are good Jakob purdle is a very very yeah, he's very a good, good player. nba yeah. player like it's yes. not you don't just get those guys like you might be able to get Derek favors for 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 very little right like you might be able to just be like, here's Cam Thomas and a second round pick for Derek Favors. And that actually might make the Nets better. I don't know. But we don't know how much Derek Favors has in the tank because like Oklahoma City doesn't play. Anybody. Well, that's why I look at Miles Turner in the sense of like, is Indiana really just doesn't want this guy anymore? Then maybe they'll give him up. But they're um, not going to get. But, but again, like you're not going to get Miles Turner for what Brooklyn is offering. And that's where, that's you know. I just think that's where that's where it's like a tough situation for Brooklyn because they don't really have a lot of maneuverability. and. They kind of have to tread on the margins. And I don't think at the end of the day, whoever they sign is going to end up being like make or break their season. But I do think they need another big. And then I I, would, I disagree with that. In sense. Like, I do think these kind of moves make or break your season in the same way that I thought like signing Otto Porter Jr. really helped Golden State last year. Signing, you know, getting something out of Gary Payton really helps. Yeah, that's, that seventh that's guy really does help. That's that's true. That that that. I mean, I don't, I don't totally agree with like that being an apples to apples comparison because like this, their comparison here would be like Otto Porter is like TJ Warren, right? Cause like Porter yeah. had been hurt and like Gary Payton, they don't really have a need. Like they, they needed to place Gary Payton in a situation to be the type of guy he became. Right. And nobody's coming into golden state to like put or coming into like uh, Brooklyn to play like a different role. Really? Like they need, they, they, they specifically, in my opinion, like, they got Royce O'Neal right to replace Bruce Brown, but Bruce Brown was playing the four for them a lot. So like, I, I just don't know. Well, here's an idea. What if tying two together, watch, watch this transition. Do you think, cause we're talking about a few more shoes to drop in the off season, not much, but this is sort of, I guess the, the resolution to the Kevin Durant drama. One of them that is still lingering um, Colin Sexton, we should talk about Miles Bridges. I don't know if he's just done. That's not, and, I mean, that's not resolving itself anytime soon. Well, I was like, going to wonder to that point is Charlotte contending still? Would they trade no. Mason Plumley or are they just giving up the season? Mason Plumley is okay. I don't know. You know, I think the, uh, the idea of Mason Plumley is better than Mason Plumley. <laughs> I like him. He shot terribly from free throw line last year, but yeah. I think he's playable. I don't uh, think he's I, 32 though. I don't really think Charlotte is doing much. Like I'm pretty sure Charlotte's kind of just waiting to see what happens. Right. So I don't want to miles bridges. I, I, again, 
know. he was at that peach well not the peach jam what's it called the crossover event or something like that he was hanging with the guys i mean i don't like i said i'm not sure what's going to happen from that i don't know if he's going to play any games like I, I think it's tough to you know charlotte's a little bit like in a holding pattern um do you think cleveland has interest in him miles bridges i'm talking about cleveland browns <laughs> maybe i mean it's you know roger goodell would be pretty pretty apt to slap a full year suspension on him and just be done with it so <laughs> um i do so want you to think he, so, and colin sexton is like i guess has so a sign sexton, as, sexton are they the both one, clutch guys by the way uh no i don't is colin sexton i don't think he is but i can check that um uh, but they're both like i think colin, I think colin sexton is uh jay's is like uh I can't even name, think of the name. Colin Sexton signed with Clutch in 2022. So oh, tough break. Um, um, I thought he was yeah. with Jay Z, but I can't remember what that agency is called off the top of my Rock Rock Sports or Rock Nation. There we go. Jeez. And Rich Paul does represent Miles. Bridges. I know Rich Paul represents Miles Bridges. Um, so what do you do if you're Rich Paul? Like, so you have Colin Sexton who averaged 24 a game two years so ago. Collins, Miles so Bridges was going to get a max, maybe. Yeah. So here's the issue: the Miles Bridges thing is. Again, I, there's just no point in us speculating about it because teams aren't going to do anything until they know what's happening, like with his like legal drama, right? But Sexton, he got a qualifying offer. So he's a restricted free agent. So I'm pretty sure, and th- this is where it's really tough for him, right? Because Cleveland, I doubt Cleveland will be as good record-wise like as they were last year, but they'll probably, they might be a better team. But like, there's not a lot of space for Colin Sexton anymore, right? So I would say like he should just take the qualifying offer and then be an unrestricted free agent next year. But he is coming off a knee injury and like we don't know how much he's going to play. Like we don't know what Cleveland's plans for him are. Their team is drastically different than it was when he was, a you know, just a scoring lead guard. But there's no other team lining up to like give him an offer sheet to sign to make Cleveland match, which I, I think Cleveland probably would match whatever unless somebody like way overpaid him. But it doesn't, doesn't it make sense for a team to treat him like D'Angelo Russell a few years ago with Golden State, where it's like, we're going to overpay this guy just to get him in the building and then hope to like trade him after that? Maybe. I, I honestly don't know. It's a, it's a really weird situation because we haven't really heard a lot about his medicals and he's not really good enough. You know, a, a few years ago, I don't know, you probably do remember this, but uh, Portland signed Enos Cantor to a, a max offer sheet just like so Oklahoma City would match because they knew that was going to happen. But like Sexton isn't the type of guy there aren't teams with like lots of space anymore wanting to do things like that to like force Cleveland to make a move because like nobody really knows but is Colin Sexton going to be a good player in the NBA is still up for debate coming off injury I'm looking at teams with cast base and there's no one left obviously San Antonio does have you know upwards of 15 million dollars and a pretty big hole at point guard right now they're yeah, he's 20 Trey Jones he's 25 years old too like but so, again, I mean, like may, maybe they don't want to win or they don't want to be good or they just don't like him as a player. But wouldn't it kind of make sense to kind of pump him up value wise and then trade him? If you're San Antonio. Or do you or do you just not want to even I, I'm not sure him being good. Truthfully, I, I wish I had more information for you on this, but like I'm honestly not sure what's going on with Colin Sexton because I did expect him to have some interest around the league because they're, you know, scoring is tough. But, like, I don't know much about his medicals. And, again, like, I know that teams don't like to give offer sheets early in the process because they don't want their money to be tied up when they're trying to sign out the free agents. But, like, we're now, you know, as of this recording, it's August 24th. And, like, we haven't heard anything, like, literally nothing about him. And nobody's waiting at this point. Like, they're, you know, your, your powder is 
doesn't need to be dry anymore, right? Because there's just not that many free agents left. And there's really little buzz about him. We're the, probably the only one talking about him. The one rumor I did hear about was Dallas was maybe tinkering with the sign and trade because they, you know, lost Jalen Brunson. Maybe they need that like instant offense off the bench, which makes sense. I don't know what they would trade for. That was like the most recent picks. rumor, right? That like yeah. that was out there. I don't, I feel bad for Colin Sexton, by the way. Like, I yeah. think he's a, like, do you, do, like, it kind of reminds me, are, are little scoring guards the new running backs of the NBA, where it's just like, they center get the stats. Well, they get the stats, they get the, the claim, but then they just don't get the contract. If you're, but I guess most of them do. So maybe it's just Colin Sexton. So we do know, though, right, that the Cavs have offered him like what he deems to be a below market deal. Right, yeah. like I think like three years, forty million or something, which which doesn't make sense, obviously. So I wonder. I, I do. The, I, the thing that makes the most sense for him is like a one plus one player option, where he's just like, hopefully he looks better, protects him a little bit on the backside. Yeah, I'm not really. Uh, again, I I think like I think Cleveland should have signed him. I mean, I think Cleveland should sign him, but yeah. I think like they're probably doing the right thing. Just. uh waiting it out to see because eventually he's going to have to take a deal and it, it's it's that, that's like a logistical question so he he's a restricted free agent qualifying offer of one year so if he takes he okay. has to sign it right so if he takes the qualifying offer he gets paid seven million dollars but he's an unrestricted free agent next year so what that's if he his cho- sign it what if he just is a restricted free agent for a full year do they keep his restricted rights i'm, I'm fairly certain that you just i'm pretty sure like I don't. I don't actually know the answer to this. You're saying like, yeah. like, like what if this like, would be like akin sign. to a hold, this would just be like akin to a holdout, is what you're saying? Yeah, or just being like, I'm taking this year off. I'll see you next year, guys. Yeah, I don't. I think like you would probably just they would just assign the QO to you probably, or or maybe like, not. that maybe would make be, the most sense. Maybe it'd be Le'Veon Bell type thing, and you just don't get a year of service. I'm not really sure because technically, so he is <laughs> restricted free agents are interesting, right? Because like he is technically under contract, like. His rights are owned by a team. This isn't. That's a good question. Yeah, so, I think maybe it does roll over. And like, and in theory, it's like, oh, might as well wait till next year, get more next year. But it's like, you know, oh, I don't want to get underpaid seven million. It's like seven million dollars is still a lot of money in a sport where you have like a ten year career. That's what um, I'm saying. And like, if if they are offering him, let's just say they're offering him, I don't know. I'll just make up three for forty. Like, I, I don't know that that's been offered, but like, that's a lot of money too, Zan. Like. Yeah, it is wild to think about, isn't it? How like that'll put him at sixty million dollars in career earnings for if if he were to sign that. But I, I again, I don't know. And I think the tough part for him is normally I'd say like, look, if you really have no market, just take the QO. But I understand like him and his camp being like, well, if we take the QO, like where do we where do we play, right? Because obviously they just maxed Darius Garland, so he's ahead of you on the the totem pole. They signed Raul Neto. They haven't really looked like they want to play Sexton and Garland together a ton because they're playing like the bigger lineup. So like Okoro and like, you know, got Ibaji, like those guys are Karis LeVert, like they're getting the two and three minutes probably this year. So I I am very curious if Colin Sexton feels like there's just not a spot for him in Cleveland. Right. And that's why he doesn't and, want to take the offer and bet on himself. Well, yeah, because you're not betting on you're betting on yourself, but you're also betting on having a good year in Cleveland, which you might not have. If you're the sixth man, and they have Ricky Rubio too, who's isn't Ricky Rubio? Isn't he hurt? I think he's hurt for a while, but when he comes back, he's easier to play along with 
He's recovering from ACL surgery, may not be ready until January. But they were 20 and 14 with him in the lineup, according to Roto World. Net rating of plus six. But that was at like the start of the year. That was the start of the year. But he does fit really well with Garland, though, given his size and everything. Yeah, he's a good defender. Um, I don't know see. the Colin Sexton thing. I feel like we've like talked a bunch about it without actually like saying anything about it. But it is it is kind of an <laughs> it's just a tricky situation. Yeah, and it is an interesting situation in terms of like how restricted free agents are viewed around the league. And so I, I again, I I don't know what I might might. Well, and also was, Miles Bridges was going to be one as well. And it's well, just he, like would've, he probably would have gotten. I mean, he would have got an offer sheet for sure. Yeah. Like that's where I wonder like why won't a team like the Lakers come in and say like, all right, we'll trade you the 27th and 27 and 29 first round picks plus like whatever salary filler for Colin Sexton and just do it and just do it as a sign and trade. Now I understand first of all that the Lakers cap situation is a disaster. So they would have to like trade Russell Westbrook along with it. Right. And what about this? What would you rather, if you're the Lakers, would you rather trade two first round picks to get Kyrie Irving? Or trade one first round pick for Colin Sexton. Probably the la- uh, probably the former. I would rather have Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, just that. in terms of talent, but like it's it's just tough because like guys like Colin Sexton. I, I do think like the running backs analogy is is a good one, but I also think like sometimes guys like Colin Sexton do turn out to be really really good players, right? Like if his ceiling is Jordan Clarkson, then like I don't really want to be trading like tons of first for him. But in the right situation, Jordan Clarkson's really good. So why can't you? Colin Sexton be that too, right? But I, yeah, I just don't know I mean, that there aren't a lot of like natural fits for his skill set. Dallas is 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 definitely a fit, I think. But yeah, Dallas would be a good fit. The Lakers would be a good fit too. They certainly could well, use the Lakers like, could just use any amount of talent that they could possibly get. That's so. what they're talking about. Another baby shooter drop, Dennis Schroeder. I think is one of the better free agents. It's just like he hasn't found the right fit as a backup scorer. He's fine. Is he fine? I don't know. I think he's fine. He had he's one good He's 28, man. He must be a real jerk, though, behind the scenes, because, like, he just, like, falls out of favor places so quickly. So yeah, I, he was he was the kind of guy, you know, you always make fun of me for saying this, but, like, if you are the main guy, ball handler on a team, you're going to put up stats. Dennis Schroeder in Atlanta, 19 and 6, and was considered, like, a young star. He When was Dennis Schroeder considered a young star? <laughs> you were touting him as a max guy. He went to Oklahoma City, the Lakers. He had that good year in Oklahoma City where he averaged 19 points a game. And he and wasn't he the lead ball. Man. He wasn't the lead ball handler on that team either. He was like That's the third true. ball handler. Hold but on a he second. Could play that role. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. He wasn't the lead ball handler on no. this on Atlanta team either. Hey, nineteen and six sounds pretty lead to me. Close to it. On a bad twenty-eight win team. This team's terrible. There's a re- and he, he never was got the leading scorer he never and the leading paid, assist guy. He literally never got paid. By the way. Like this so argument Josh Maggetti playing 20, 12 minutes a game. That's pronounced Majet, but Majet, okay. Hold on a second. I just want I just want to throw this out here because like I understand. Marco, Marco you're, Bellini on this team. Mark that's Bellinelli. He's been in like Bellinelli. a lot of years. No, but your <laughs> argument here is that like these guys, anybody can put up stats and then people think yeah. they're a star, but like Shorter never got paid. But I think they were talking about paying him a lot. But what does that mean? They were talking about paying him a lot. I mean, he's made seventy-five million. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, there you like, go. Exactly. Like the Hawks paid. Well, him Colin Sexton's a great argument because it's like if D- Darius Garland never showed up, I think Colin Sexton would have gotten maxed by Cleveland because he'd be putting up twenty-five a game and looking like a star. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't really think Dennis Schroeder. You know, I don't know. I'd yeah, rather Dennis have Colin Schroeder, a guy who never got paid, got fifteen. He million got fifteen million. million. Yeah, he signed a like a four-year, sixty-million-dollar deal. 
But you have to keep in mind, well, we talk about this, that was right after the cap jump, too. So, like, you know, Andrew Nicholson got paid by the Wizards. Still hurts. Um, so those are a lot. The Donovan Mitchell maybe we'll talk about next week. Yeah, I don't know. There's that, some more rumors, you know, maybe New York. Let's talk maybe. about, let's talk, let's give you five minutes of NFL time before we wrap up. Oh, that's up. a good point. So let's talk about your favorite, you, Xandra Gellison, your favorite NFL you know, I, I don't want to like futures or bets. Like, what are you what are you circling this year That's in terms question. of like what you like? Um, I'll tell you this. We can literally call this like Zandric Zandric well, Ellison Zandric you... Ellison's NFL follies, and we can do it at the oh, end of get every out episode. Of here. You're the guy when we first met. I thought you were, you know, sports genius. You've been exposed. You're like the Colin Sexton of podcasters. <laughs> the RJ, the RJ, Be- the RJ Bell of uh, the underdog sports. Um, because I remember once I, I treated your your wisdom seriously. You're like, I love sports bet. I was in Vegas, future Heisman Trophy. Do you remember the guy I bet on? I bet like hundred dollars on. I think it was Adrian Martinez from, from Nebraska. No, 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 Taylor know. Taylor Martinez, T-Mobile. Taylor Martinez, I thought but I didn't tell you to bet a hundred dollars on him. You you said like, what do you like for for long value? Like, um, uh, of course, like you know, I could have been like, yeah, sure, bet on Derrick Henry, but like, you wanted a guy that like was fifty plus to one. Okay, I'll give you some bets then. Um, do you have an? I I think NFL. No, the two the two I told you that I like the most are uh, I bet the Lions over of over like six wins, and then uh, I like. Philly to win the NFC, although the odds are significantly worse now. I liked them better like yeah. two months you, those ago. Those are two like hot public teams, but I think for good reason too. Yeah, I don't I don't like the Philly price now. I honestly I don't even like the Philly price to win the NFC East now. Uh, but I did I did like that before. And then the other the other one I and, and to your point, like Detroit and Philly, like things I look for in betting, not that I'm a pro. Both those teams, Detroit and Philly, have good offensive lines, made some improvements to the yeah. roster. On defense as well. I mean, I think those are both good bets for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, and again, I don't know that they are. Like, we could definitely lose a bunch of bets, but the other there, I do think like uh, there's no real sharp Super Bowl odds to me. I mean, there are probably I'm sure no. for people that are actually good bets, but I don't, I don't. There's no team I think that's like really getting slept on that I think has a Super Bowl aspirations, right? Like, I, I know a lot of people like the Chargers, but I, I think that's pretty commonplace, right? But it's also yeah, hard. I just, to, I just think the NFL like it's a hard. It's hard to bet on the AFC West. I think right now because the divisions are so good. Yeah, and also it's like even if you told me the team was the best team in the league, I, I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, Cincinnati made the Super Bowl yeah. last year. Like, I do like fading Cincinnati though this year. But anyway, so what do you got? Well, I, I tend to agree with you on those bets. I like those. Um, I think other teams that could have a good year. Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore's I think, futures. I like. Like the teams that I look at, like did okay without with bad luck last year. Baltimore was eight and nine last year, despite injuries. Uh, New Orleans was nine and eight last year, despite injuries. So I think they're going to have a bounce back year to some degree. And they didn't have Michael Thomas if he gives them anything. But I like Philly. I like all the teams you're mentioning. The teams I do not like. I think Washington under. I think right now it's seven and a half. Feels oh, high. That's a that's a really good under. Yeah, I think they could be among the worst teams in the league. And if I was saying first coach fired, Ron, how long has Ron Rivera been there? No, no, no. First coach fired is like 100% Matt Rule. Oh, yeah. It's like 100% Matt Rule. I don't know how it could be. Like Baker Mayfield stinks for two weeks. He just gets canned. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he is starting. 
I, uh, I kind of like Tampa's under too. Yeah, like, I, I had like, them listed too. Like they're very good, obviously, but like they have huge offensive line issues. Like Brady's taking leaves of absences to like maybe like be I thought he was going to Like I, so, I just wonder. I, I mean, the team's good. Don't get me wrong, and and you know that division's not great. Like Atlanta is going to be one of the worst teams in the league, probably. New Orleans should be pretty good, but like you know, it's not like we should expect. I think if Tom Brady has vulnerabilities, it's like he he likes having a strong interior line, which they don't have. He likes having a good slot guy, which I don't think they have. They they have great receivers, but like they don't have that Antonio Brown kind of guy this year. Um, I think they might have a bad year too. Yeah, new well, coach. Not, I mean, bad year being like yeah, but I think again, they could have like a that's, well. That's a good point. It's like Todd Bowles. It's like different. They do their receivers are pretty good i think uh you know they, they do have julio jones and mike but, evans uh, and chris god yeah, i mean russell russell gage, russell gage is pretty good tyler johnson are both like that's true okay i, I mean it, but again my like, my super bowl pick though is going to be very boring yeah you didn't aren't you picking I, i'm gonna Green say kansas, no i said kansas city i said them like three years in a row but I, I like i'll shout out the guy that i like the reason i'm picking them to win the super bowl the little pass rusher, I think, is pretty good. They drafted George Karloftis. Karloftis. Yeah, he has a little juice on there. I like it. Good. The motor. one thing I actually like about Kansas City, I think that um, like everyone's talking about how they lost Tyreek Hill, right? And I understand that's a big deal. Don't get me wrong, but like Juju Smith-Schuster is like pretty good, and I really like Montez, like MVS, like Valdez Scantling. Like obviously, we have so many hilarious like like images of him like dropping wide open passes yeah. that like Rogers like dropped in the bucket, but also like the way green Bay played, like he was very rarely featured. I think in Kansas city with like a true, he's a really good deep threat despite his like sort of crappy hands, which, you know, those do matter. Like I like their receivers. Like I actually think that there's a good chance that Kansas city is better this year overall. I, you know, than I think they're, yeah, I think they're more well-rounded. That's a good point. And same with green Bay. That's why I would put them in the super bowl in the sense that like, that's sort of my overarching note. The teams that I like as potential Super Bowl teams, Kansas City, Green Bay, Baltimore, all have like weak receivers. Yeah. But they've been improved in other places, yeah. especially defensive line. The, the other the other over that I think is like kind of low-hanging fruit is Jacksonville. Like Trevor Lawrence in year two. You guys know I'm not the biggest Trevor Lawrence fan, but like I think he's obviously he's gonna be pretty good, I think. But then you get Doug Peterson, who's like an actual NFL head coach instead of Urban Meyer. They did some really dumb things in free agency that like incrementally made them better. But like this, I mean, they look like a team that's like going to win between six and eight games, which, and if we tie it into the NBA and we'll do this probably later, but I already wrote down Denver over 50 Philly over 50 Toronto over 44. I think those are all good bets. If you can get them now. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, I think we have no football this weekend, right? It's football next weekend. Football College football next, weekend. next weekend. Yeah. So we it's been a, it's been brutal waiting. No football, no basketball. You, I've been like going crazy. You haven't enjoyed the Literally World Series. That's been kind of fun. But I've been uh, like crawling on the walls. I, I've, I've been a menace to society. All right. You can email the show, Xandrigellison at gmail.com. He is Xan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll, I don't know what we'll talk about. Something will probably happen and, and we'll figure it out. But uh, as always, Ed, it's a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.